All right, hello and welcome in. No rejoins, no intros today due to some technical problems, but the Hoosier Report uh, for this Monday, November 22nd, live and underway. And obviously, coming out of the weekend, we have so very much to chat about. Glad you're with us today. A busy show. We've got three guests set to join us here in this hour, so let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, once we get going here in just a couple moments, Silver Creek coach Brandon Hoffman will join us today, the defending 3A state champions. Things look a little different this year after the departure of Trey Kaufman-Wren and, of course, Cooper Jacoby as well. But Brandon Northern, who joined us last week as part of our preseason coverage here on the show, is going to be a very strong and steady leader for the Dragons, and there are other weapons as well. But this will be a different Silver Creek team, and Coach Hoffman will join us as he looks to continue the success again this season here in just a few moments. Also later in the hour, IU basketball with a victory last night. Uh, not a big-time game or a big-time opponent with Louisiana coming to town. We talked about this some last week. The next uh, week or so, an opportunity for IU to play some mid-major, lesser-type opponents and to experiment with things and to come together before that big ACC Big Ten Challenge game on the road at Syracuse. And what happened last night, it wasn't just a pretty convincing win as what you would hope and expect in a game like that, but it was a breakout, maybe you could say another breakout game for young Christian Lander, who should be a freshman, but as a sophomore in college and beginning to really, it seems, find a role here early on for this Indiana team, which has been exciting to watch unfold. And also a big thing last night we'll talk about today with Zach Osterman here in just a bit, uh, Parker Stewart. He found his touch on the perimeter, and I think that may be as big as anything we saw last night. He had struggled to shoot it a little bit in the first two games, but his college stats tell us he's a pretty solid shooter on the perimeter, and obviously Indiana needs some help in that area. So his addition, his success in that field last night, big for the Hoosiers and Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, will join us here in just a bit, and we'll go through all of the uh, game last night with Zach when he's with us. And then later in the hour, it's Monday. That means Chad Gilbert joins us. Chad's the AD at Charlestown. IHSA executive board member who'll help get us ready for high school basketball this week. And if you're a basketball fan, high school, college, pro, whatever, the holidays really are a great time. Holidays uh, for the high school levels, obviously, we don't get Thanksgiving Day games and things like they'll do on, on the pro and collegiate levels. But there are some games this week to start the season. There are some games this weekend and some pretty good games coming up here uh, on the high school ranks. But obviously, college, it's what's called Feast Week on ESPN, which I think actually started last Thursday. So you get a lot of daytime games. There are events going all across the country. NBA's got a big slate of holiday games as well. So just a fun time to be a basketball fan. We'll catch up on all of that and more, some local stuff as well with Chad when he joins us a little bit later today. All right, that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And, of course, right now during this special season, uh, Honey Baked Ham is the source for all of your Thanksgiving needs as well. All right, let's get right to our first guest. Our preview of high school basketball for the upcoming season continues today with Brandon North, or with let me say that, with Brandon Hoffman, the coach of the Silver Creek Dragons. Coach, I've got Brandon Northern on my mind, and I'm sure you do as well because he's going to be a big, big player for your team this season. And he came on our radio show last week to help preview the season. We've had some of the top players on in the area as well. He seemed like a young man coach that's ready for a breakout year from a scoring perspective, but 
also is really ready and already leading this team here in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, first of all, I'm sure everybody would agree they'd rather hear from Brandon Northern than Brandon Hoffman. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a remarkable kid. You know, we, we've been lucky to have him for, for three years already as a big member of our team, and he's accomplished so much already as a player. But uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see what the final chapter is, you know, for his career. I think he's poised to have a great one. Coach, I know we've talked so much in the offseason. You've been kind enough to join us to, to update us on Trey and, and Cooper as they head off to their collegiate careers, and we'll, we'll touch back on them in a moment. But I'm, I think the question about this Silver Creek team this season is everyone knows Northern. Everyone also understands what your team lost from the last few seasons, which really ended in state championships the last time that the two, last two times the tournament was completed. Who are some of these other guys that maybe have had lesser roles or different roles or, or even newcomers to this program that are going to fill some of these playing time and scoring opportunities that will exist? You know, that's the big question, Matt. I think everybody's, you know, even even the people at Silver Creek want to know. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the guy that comes to mind after Brandon is Trey Shane, who, who uh, you know, made a name for himself last year in March as uh, you know, one of the best defenders in the state and also hit some timely shots and big threes for us in the tournament. Uh, so, you know, Trey's a competitor. Everybody knows that. Nobody works harder. It's not fun when he guards you. And uh, uh, he's a senior, too, which he wants to go out on top. Uh, so really happy to have him along in our backcourt. Uh, Zach Stricker is another player that played uh, some spot minutes for us last year. You know, he, he played in some big moments. And Zach's another senior. And with those three, uh, those three are arguably the hardest workers I've had. And uh, those three are going to lead us by example for sure. Then last year we played, we spot played some freshmen. You know, Hayden Garden played in every in every postseason game as a freshman, uh, which is you know doesn't get any bigger spots than that. And we're going to expect him to to be a scorer for us. Uh, somebody we're really excited about getting back is Kyle Roberts, who. Uh, most people in the area know that this kind of growing up in the middle school ranks, Kyle was one of the better players around. Uh, he was unlucky with an ACL injury yet, uh, last year, and uh, we expect to get him back soon and provide some scoring for us. Um, you know, with, with our with our forwards, our post players, it's a lot different than what it has been. You're right. You know, we're not going to be playing above the rim like Lawrence Cooper and Trey, but um, you know, with Cameron Wheeler, he's a JV player for us last year. Um, you know, Walker Hoffman, you know, if we can get past his crazy parents, he may have a decent <laughs> uh, career. But um, I'm looking forward to uh, – I'm looking forward just as much as everybody else to see who stands out and who competes for open spots. You know, we our JV was 17-4. and four. We had a couple of good guards in Cooper Murley and, and Bryce Henderson. You know, they could – they could provide some <clears throat> some uh, some minutes for us. So it's just next. That's kind of the big thing for our program right now is, you know, what's next? Who's next? Coach, kind of two points off of what you said, maybe for you to expand on a bit. Number one, Trey Shane, the last year or so, going all the way back to your season 
uh, even really the football season a year ago for Silver Creek. And then, of course, what he did during the basketball season and that postseason. I think of so many key moments and possessions in some of those do-or-die postseason games that he stepped up uh, multiple ways, but especially from a defensive perspective. And he is such an athlete. And we think of the Shane family, if you remember Scotty, who is his father, the girls' coach at Silver Creek, and the other Shane brothers that played at South Central. We think of those guys, I think, first and foremost as shooters, but also athletes as well. And Trey really has come into his own as an all-around athlete, first as a football player, and then, of course, last year as really a defensive stopper for your basketball team. Yeah, he can do some things that are just crazy. I mean, his change of direction, his jumping ability, and his sprinting speed is is. It's pretty special, I and mean, he'll do things in the basketball court that you know if I tried to do, I'd be stuck in bed for a month. Like he, he can, he's so fast and so athletic, and he's not scared of anything too. You know, I think that's where football comes in into play. You know, he'll he'll run in anybody. He'll get in the mix. Uh, there's a loose ball. You know, <clears throat> he scored the last point for us of our championship season. He hit that big free throw. And it ended up being the difference in the game. You know, we ended up winning by one. Uh, and the way he got to the free throw line, he jumped Scott up in the air for a long rebound tip and got fouled. So uh, it looks like, you know, it seems like when Trey's out there, there's like two or three of them because he's everywhere. Coach, the other point I wanted to make with all the players you listed as possibilities to play a big role or some role this year for Silver Creek it sounds like a team to me that as you get through the holidays, the Christmas season, and into the new year, you, you will have had some opportunity to maybe experience, to uh, to experiment with some different rotations, to have success, who knows, maybe a defeat or two. Uh, but th this lineup could really change between now and when the Dragons get in midseason form, I'm guessing, just based on all the possibilities that exist. You're right, Matt. You know, we're so much better today than what we were two weeks ago our first practice and uh, I think that's going to be uh, symbolic of our whole season I think in February we're going to be a lot better team than what we are in November and December and uh, you know we're going to be playing five you know arguably five sophomores and one freshman in a varsity lineup you know some some key minutes so uh, with experience you get better that's just how it goes and uh, <clears throat> you know we're throwing those young guys in uh, with the leadership of our seniors, I think we're in a. I think they're in a good spot to uh, to have great leaders to follow. We're talking with Brandon Hoffman. He's the coach of Silver Creek as our preseason coverage, and really the season is here this week for boys basketball continues. This is year number twelve for Coach Hoffman as the boss at Silver Creek, and of course he's a former player and assistant coach in the program as well. So he's been around the Sellersburg community for many, many years. Coach, the schedule this year, you guys get going here in just a few days. You'll open up at home on November 24th against Columbus East. And I think one of the things that every year we've discussed early in the season, in the preseason, is how you very methodically over the years in your time at Silver Creek have really expanded and built the schedule. And even in a year where you've lost some key players and you've got some question marks about what things are going to look like, you still maintain a very competitive schedule. And I know your goal with that is always to be ready first and foremost for the postseason. Yeah, you're right. You're right, man. I think the fans enjoy, you know, having having good teams come and play us or you go to their place. And <clears throat> coaches really enjoyed the, uh, the competitive aspect. And, you know, really you don't get any better 
if you don't play well and and learn a lesson. You know, uh, I think, um, you know, playing against good competition, they expose what you need to get better at, you know, and as long as you're learning from losses or learning from, you know, close wins, hopefully, uh, I think uh, it all pays off in the long run in the spring. Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek. Coach, while I've got you, we've got a, a dip into last season to the past for just a moment. It's been so fun to cover this Silver Creek team the last number of years. But Trey Kaufman ran at Purdue uh, going to redshirt this year. I think that decision, at least outside the mix, probably caught people off guard a little bit. But your thoughts on Trey's what seems like a pretty responsible decision to think ahead, Think something that I, I think a lot of college players that come in with the hype and the national ranking that he had – likely would not be willing to do you just don't see it on any sort of regular basis anymore but uh Trey in a red shirt and it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for him and what opportunities it creates for him moving forward you're right man you know Trey is uh well Trey's not like most teenagers you know Trey's very mature very methodical and uh you know he had a he had an injury in the summer that kind of set him back a little bit in terms of on court and uh you know, he, I think he made a very mature decision. I think he made a very mature decision to take this year and get 100% um, physically and to get to know the system 100% better than anybody. And I think you're going to see a breakout year for him next year. You know, they're Purdue's loaded, and not only in his position, but they're loaded for the next for the future. So he's in a great spot. You know, the coaching staff is great there. I think everybody's on the same page. And if you watch, uh, I don't know if you've noticed the last, you know, four or five games where Trey has been a red shirt, he's the most animated guy on the bench, you know, trying to be the best teammate possible uh, while he's there. And, you know, if I know Trey, I know every day he's focused on a year from now, you know, what he's going to do to get better. Because uh, I still feel he's going to be an all-Big Ten player in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek. And, of course, coaches, we – let you go and head back to the classroom here on this Thanksgiving week. Cooper Jacoby getting some early minutes in his career at Toledo. That is always a very solid mid-major program. And he looks to be, while it's still early, I know still more opportunities coming for him, he looks to be on his way there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we it was such a joy to get to coach Coop. And, you know, as a fan, I, I don't see how you couldn't enjoy watching him play. And everybody knows Coop's a chameleon. He can fit in with any kind of style because his motor – and he's a great teammate, and he's very coachable. So I had no question he's going to come in at Toledo right away and make an impact, which he has. And, uh, you know, the sky's, the sky's the limit, and I think Toledo got a great player that's going to have a great four-year career there. Yeah, most definitely. Brandon Hoffman, our guest, as we preview the Dragons for this season. Coach, look forward to seeing you very soon. The Dragons open up with Columbus East of the Hoosier Hills Conference on November 24th. That is a home game for Silver Creek, and they return after Thanksgiving on November 30th to host Charlestown, a local rival as well. Coach Hoffman, as always, best of luck this season. I know we'll have many more conversations from this point moving forward, and uh, have a great Thanksgiving. All right, Matt. Always a pleasure to be on here. Thank you for everything you do. Most definitely. Brandon Hoffman here on Thanksgiving week getting our show started. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today 
for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And again, send your comments, your questions for our guests coming up, uh, maybe about IU basketball last night. What did you like? What do you think the Hoosiers still need to work on? Uh, one text already into the program says, my opinion, this team is working to get better. The coaching staff is moving them in the right direction other than turnovers. The stat sheet looked really good. Not to be, not to beat a dead horse, this team is being coached to improve, unlike the previous staff. So a little uh, little jolt at Archie Miller and staff in that text on the Thornton's text line. Love to have your questions and comments. Obviously, last night's IU game for me, and I think for probably most listeners, it was Christian Lander getting all sorts of opportunity and, and taking advantage of those opportunities. If you remember, as you watch him play and, and think back about the games last season where uh, he got some meaningful minutes at times and maybe failed, uh, he really should have been a senior in high school last year. So many players reclassify, and oftentimes it works out. Uh, I think this is going to be a case for Christian where it did not work out. And maybe it works out for Indiana because had he not come to the Hoosiers last year and committed to Archie Miller when he did, uh, had he been a senior with the turmoil and the season that IU had, he may have never committed to IU. But uh, he's there and he's getting some opportunities and really he should be a freshman, uh, but looking solid for IU, looking like a guy with a bright future for this program. And just a few weeks ago, the questions were, was he even going to play? Was he going to get in the game? In fact, the Eastern Michigan game, he really he did not get in the game. He was one of the, the surprises that did not get any minutes in that opening game of the season. So I thought that was, was good last night, was big to see last night for Christian Lander. And then, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Parker Stewart, I, I fully expected him to come in and help Indiana from a shooting perspective. He really has not done so this season until last night. And so we'll see if he can build on that momentum. But Parker Stewart and Christian Lander, it was big nights for them as they helped the Hoosiers to a win over Louisiana. We'll break the game down next with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown AD and IHSAA executive board member. He's still ahead a little bit later in the program as well. We'll be with you this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll take off Thursday obviously on the Thanksgiving holiday, and I believe we're off on Friday as well. We've got all sorts of play-by-play coming up this weekend with football and basketball. We've got to try to squeeze in some high school state football championship games in Indiana as well, so it's going to be tough to clear the show on Friday, I believe. Uh, And also, while we mentioned football, and we'll talk more about this with Chad a little bit later on, but hats off to New Albany. Uh, They battled, I thought, did the best they could against just an absolutely loaded Indianapolis Cathedral team on Friday in a semi-state. Hard to believe we had a local team in the semi-state, a historic year uh, for New Albany football. We'll see if they can build on that. Steve Cooley, uh, it was great to talk with him so much through the postseason and to see a longtime veteran football coach in our state have the success that he did this year. And a lot of fun. It, it extended our football season. I was thinking about that. When's the last time heading into really the Thanksgiving holiday that we were still talking high school football in this program? I mean, if you look at the state final, uh, the state championship games every year, there's no really no one, no one close to local uh, in those games. But New Albany extended our coverage and a little little extra fun this year to follow that as we get into basketball mode. And of course. If I've got to mention football, man, Indiana football, I, I, I can't even answer that. That is, that, that is hard to believe where uh, this program is going to finish the season based on what the preseason lofty 
expectations were. We'll head to a break. We'll be back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Lots of IU basketball, Christian Lander, Parker Stewart. More from last night's game coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday edition of the program here in segment two. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joins us each Monday, and we talk the latest in IU basketball and beyond, and obviously plenty to get to coming out of the weekend as the Hoosiers record a win over Louisiana. And, Zach, I think it's real easy for me to go to the top talking points, the top storylines out of yesterday's victory I think, number one, it's Christian Lander getting some opportunity and making the most of those minutes for IU. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I would really not just start with um, – I wouldn't just start with Sunday. I think over his last three games, and obviously he got a little bit of run in the uh, the Northern Illinois game. Um, he got extended minutes, even through, I thought, some struggles pretty defensively in the St. John's game because – uh, Xavier Johnson was in foul trouble. Xavier Johnson, forgive me. I think I, I think I've been pronouncing his name wrong for a while now. So if you're listening, please <laughs> forgive me. Um, and and then obviously last night getting a lot of minutes because Rob Finnessy. Well, Johnson had some foul trouble again in the first half, and Rob Finnessy was out. Um, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think it's 19.7 rebounds and seven assists over 37 minutes in the last three games. And there have been some turnover issues in there as well. Um, There probably have been times when there were, from IU's coaching staff's perspective, shot selection issues, which is is understandable. He's still a young player. Um, And I I think he's got to continue to get better defensively, recognizing that from a physical perspective, he's always – he's going to be at a disadvantage a lot of the time, unfortunately, you know, compared to who he's playing. But at the same time, if I told you – you know, for example, Indiana plays Syracuse in, what, about a week and a half. Um, if if I told you right now that Indiana would have a point guard, any point guard, um, go to Syracuse, play 37 minutes, and score 19 points, uh, hand out 19 assists and grab 19 – or, uh, excuse me, hand out seven assists and grab seven rebounds, you'd say, yeah, that's, that's – in all likelihood, that's a very good game. You know, in all likelihood, that's a very good performance. And so I think you, you see a player who, you know, really kind of has – I think you see a player that, number one, obviously is physically better than he was a year ago, and, and we've talked so much about his decision to reclassify and what COVID did for freshmen last year and, and all the difficulties there. Number two, maybe a player that's in a system that, that just fits him a little bit better in terms of his skills as a point guard. And, and number three – you know, playing for a coach that I think is allowing him to make some mistakes. And it's easy to do that this time of year. That's kind of what this time of year is for. And, if, you know, if Christian Lander goes in and commits two fouls in 30 seconds or whatever it was against St. John's in a, you know, a nip and tuck late February game that Indiana needs for NCAA seating purposes, maybe Mike Woodson has a shorter leash, you know, hooks him quicker. But um, Woodson let him play through some of those mistakes, especially against St. John's when he didn't necessarily need to. He could have asked Rob Finnessy to go play more, although I guess now we know Finnessy picked up an injury at some point in that game. Um, But he stuck with Lander. He gave Lander a chance, and I actually thought Lander got a lot better as that game wore on. And and if you're Indiana, it's it's just another reason to be encouraged. Point guard depth is always going to be useful. It's always going to be important. And this team in particular, I would say one of its early strengths 
has been its bench production. And and the, the degree to which it is felt like Woodson can go to his bench and you don't see a ton of drop-off at either end of the floor, which has not been the case the last couple of years for Indiana. And I think it's important that, you know, if a guy like Rob Finnessy is out for a couple games, you know, with a little, it doesn't seem like this leg injury is a huge deal, but we don't know exactly what his long-term prognosis is with it. You know, obviously Trey Galloway's out for a little, a little while now because of his injuries, his broken wrist. Um, you know, you, you want that bench production to stay up. And when you get these kinds of minutes from a guy like Christian Lander, that, that ensures that's going to happen. Yep, absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, my guest. The other player I wanted to talk about real quick here in this segment is Parker Stewart. I thought uh, that he shot the ball much better last night. And I think we expected that barring some sort of crazy change in his game and shooting ability that he would bring a real lift to perimeter shooting for this team. It didn't really work out for him the first few games. But, I mean, if you look back at his college history, and I know he's not always been playing uh, at Indiana and against Big Ten-level competition in his career, but he has played a, a, a good level of basketball, and he shot the ball at a pretty good clip. Last night, I think Indiana fans have to hope and believe uh, that he can do that on a fairly consistent basis this year. And if he can, that's going to be a real lift to an area that's been concerning for uh, this uh, this IU program for, for a number of years. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think you kind of hit it on the head. I think it was the night where he probably needed his shot, needed to see his shot go in a little bit, not just the threes, but I thought that that mid-range uh, game as well that you know I think he had a couple there one where he kind of ball faked and got an open one and one where he, he just kind of put his put his body into his defender and then hit a turnaround on him um, you know that that's kind of who Parker Stewart I think is is supposed to be that's the player that his teammates have described not that he's going to score 16 points on seven shots every single night but um, that he can be a player that hunts threes but he can also be a player that can find offense in other areas and um, you know, I, I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's a 16 point a night guy in big 10 play, but I, I also think that there's for the moment anyway, and this may change as guys develop, maybe, maybe Parker Stewart proves what I just said flat out wrong and, and is a, you know, a 14, 15, 16 point a game guy by the end of the season. Um, but we've known for a while that Indiana, you know, needed to be, that Indiana was kind of going to be Trace Jackson Davis and then by committee after that, you know, was, was there another all big 10 caliber player on this roster or was it maybe a case of this roster has the depth of options that it can be Trace Jackson Davis and maybe like Ray Thompson. And then there will always be one other pretty much every night because you've got cop Stewart, Johnson, Bates, Geronimo, Galloway, you know, we can kind of go up and down. To, you know, that you've got five, six more guys that it's it's not at all a stretch to see them scoring 15 points on any given night based on matchups and what's available to them. But I think that Stewart is, is a guy that at very least, and again, maybe he proves me wrong, maybe he winds up more consistent than this, but at very least I think he's a guy that Indiana needs to be one of those second or third options more often than the others, you know, more often than most of his teammates. And I thought it was important for him to get his offense kind of going a little bit last night. You could tell, we talked to him after the game, you could tell it, it mattered to him. Um, and I also think too, and, and this is one of those, 
one of those things where it's it's just you know a lot like a lot of talking about a basketball team and you know sort of pre Thanksgiving and even pre Christmas is is really just kind of putting pins in a board and just sort of saying I think this might matter later in the season I think this might be a reference point for something good later in the season so I'm just gonna kind of make a note of it and then I'll come back in February and see if there's any through lines that that really connect it to something I'm seeing now some broader theme um, but one thing I do think Indiana has really missed offensively in the last two or three years is having players that can just create their own shot a little bit and and can just kind of can, you know, I mean, make offense out of nothing is, is maybe a little bit of a, a, a lazy way to say it, but, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about Xavier Johnson being a guy that can create a shot off the bounce. If things are kind of breaking, breaking down in the, in the wider offensive set in a way that maybe Indiana's not really had since Yogi Ferrell. Um, you know, other than Armand Franklin and at times, at times, Devontae Green, you know, how often has Indiana had a guy that you could just kind of give him, give him a little space in that, that mid-range area? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not promoting the idea of shooting a bunch of mid-range shots. I know that they're kind of – you know, out of out of favor, and you know, analytically in, in basketball, I think it's it's much more fair to say that like, if you can be a good mid range jump shooter, you should keep shooting mid range jumpers. If you can't, you should let leave them be. But I think there's also a lot of value in a player like Parker Stewart as as a guy that if if other stuff's breaking down, you can just run something quick that gets him a touch. You know, 14 to 16 feet and lets him just kind of create a shot from there because he's also a very good free throw shooter if he gets fouled. So I think that, that last night was encouraging. And, and if you're Indiana, last night was maybe a little bit of a blueprint, you know, of saying, well, that's, that's what in the, in, the, in the context of this team, this squad, these rotations, this offense, that's what it needs to look like. Now how do we make sure that Parker Stewart gets that, you know, and, and we're, create, we're giving him those opportunities every night. Talking with uh, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star recap of IU's win over Louisiana last night. IU next will be in action on Tuesday night. We'll get to that in just a moment. But, Zach, you wrote this, and it was uh, one of your great features I love called Stock Watch, which is for subscribers of the Indy Star only. So I don't want Man, you to. I didn't know we posted that yet. You got out of bed on that one. So I, I don't want to. I don't want you to give too much away because uh, we want people to subscribe to to read your great work on the Indy Star website or the print edition of the paper. But the headline for that story, and I'm just about halfway through it right now, says IU's front court could be Big Ten's best, and you touch on that some obviously in that stock watch story. But early on with what we see in the Big Ten, I'm I'm wondering with how dominant TJD has been and Race Thompson has been very solid, and we need to see more from Michael Durr, I think, and we'll get those opportunities soon. Uh, but could Indiana really maybe have the best front court in the Big Ten Conference? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, to, to your point, Trace Jackson Davis is, I mean, obviously, you know, it just kind of his resume at this point speaks for itself. Um, but, I mean, Race Thompson has gone up a level undeniably with his defense, with his rebounding. He was already good in those areas, but it's early in the season, um, but he's making more of an impact there. He's, I think he's 13 of 16 on twos right now. Like, he's finishing at a, at a remarkable rate. He's making his free throws. And he also just, you know, kind of 
I hate using this term because it, it, it feels almost condescending sometimes, but he does have that sort of, you know, glue guy feel to him at times, just that, that his teammates respond to him in a way that really, you know, his energy, his activity level, the hustle plays he makes. I think his teammates just, just really feed off that. I think you can see that their energy goes up when they see him, you know, doing some of that stuff. So then you, you, you basically kind of ask the question, well, can Indiana get Michael Durr to a point where he's just in a, you know, an effective solid backup. And I think that's possible. I think he's shown flashes. And then the other guy I throw in there's Jordan Geronimo, who has played a lot of what you would consider the four for Indiana and has obviously had some really, really good moments in a lot of different areas. You know, I don't think he's a player that's going to be averaging 14 a game this year, but I think he is a guy that could wind up being one of the best sort of all impact players in the big 10. If he continues on his current trajectory in terms of his ability to defend his ability to rebound um, his ability to block shots around the rim, you know, potentially we'll see how his three point shot develops, but maybe his, his ability to hit threes and obviously, um, you know, his ability to play around the basket. He missed a couple dunks last night, but he was also kind of in position for dunks that I suspect most of his teammates would not have been. And I don't know if Indiana winds up with the absolute best front court in the Big Ten this year, but I think that here early in the season, again, as we just talk about maybe looking for, for you know, single plot points that, that track towards something else, something larger as time goes on, um, I think it's distinctly possible that, um, Jordan Geronimo is, you know, one of, or Jordan Geronimo is a piece of a front court that is is one of the just genuine best in the conference. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Zach, the Hoosiers are in action again on Tuesday, uh, and as as discussed last week on this show, and I know that you you agree with this, I'm sure. Lots of opportunities between now and that Syracuse game for IU to work on things, to experiment with lineups, to give players like. Christian Lander a little extra leeway and see exactly what his role may be on this team this season. And there are other guys that I think we could list now that we're beginning to learn more about Lander and Stewart and some of these other names where maybe they'll get an opportunity in some future contests against lesser opponents. I hate to say that word, but I don't know many other ways beside mid-major or lesser opponent to describe some of the opponents IU has in its non-conference schedule this year. But opportunities ahead, I, I think, is what I'm trying to say for IU to really work on some things. And, and this is kind of your, I mean, it's not your last opportunity, but we always kind of bracketed off these first six games because you'll have a couple more if you're Indiana on the other side of the Notre Dame game around Christmas. But the reality is that that's probably much more a time to kind of evaluate what you've done, maybe drill down on some, some you know, some, some sort of core principles or fundamental things and then really turn your attention to Big Ten play. You know, these first six games, all of them at home, um, obviously only one of them against a high-major opponent, St. John's, really felt like kind of the, the learning lab portion of this schedule where Indiana could afford to make some mistakes and keep getting better. And, um, and just, you know, I mean, like, listen, I mean, Indiana was – Indiana was – Flawed, frankly, last night they turned the ball over 27 times. They gave a an average offensive rebounding team 18 second chances. You know, I mean, Indiana was not 
infallible as a team uh, Sunday night. And they still won by 32 because they did other things well. But they also just – it hits to the, to the broader idea that, like, this team is a work in progress, and this is the time when a lot of that progress needs to happen. And I think that once you get to Syracuse, you know, you, you go Syracuse, Nebraska, uh, what is it, Wisconsin – I think there's a I think there's a, a buy game in there between, and then Notre Dame, and then again you've got a little bit of time around Christmas, but once you hit the new year, you're obviously thrown straight into Big Ten play, and then you're off. And I, I just this has always been the stretch where Indiana kind of needed to target this sort of improvement, and I think to their credit, you have seen some of it. That needs to continue. Jackson State, I don't know how big of a challenge they'll be. I do think Marshall could present some problems for this team. But more than anything else, Indiana just needs to get through these next two games healthy, obviously, healthy as they can, but also feeling like they have made the most of this portion of the schedule because once you start, once you hit Syracuse on November 30th, there aren't a lot more um, kind of easing easing off moments, frankly, between now and the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star. Zach, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're thankful for you coming on Mondays, helping us kickstart the week, as I always say, from an IU perspective. Lots of fun moments ahead uh, with IU basketball. Uh, unfortunately, as, as we get to mid-late November, our, our football conversations have really curtailed uh, because of the, the lack of success for this IU football team. But that's another subject uh, for another day. Zach, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go smoke a turkey on Thursday. Hey, Happy Thanksgiving. All. Have fun. Sounds like a plan. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, and we will head to uh, our commercial break. We'll come back after a quick one and talk local sports with Chad Gilbert. He's the athletic director at Charlestown High School. He's an IHSA executive board member and always fun with us Mondays. We've got some local stuff to talk about because, guys, it's basketball season. There are boys' basketball games scheduled for this week, girls' games already underway. Uh, the first IBCA poll of the season, the Coaches Association poll, it came out on Sunday night. Jeffersonville, number 10 in the state. That's a single-class poll. New Albany, Floyd Central, Silver Creek, all receiving votes in that poll. Had a chance to see New Albany in a scrimmage down at Heritage Hills, which means I got to see the big Sisley kid. He's really good. He started the game coming out on the floor, handling the ball a lot uh, for Heritage Hills. He hit some threes. He hit some jumpers in the paint. He's an all-around player as he grows and develops. It's easy to see uh, why Purdue and Indiana really involved. Purdue's offered Sisley, by the way. Uh, Trent Sisley is his, his first name. Uh, and I was told down uh, in Lincoln City at that scrimmage. 